I assume we're going to talk about Christmas music in general as well, right? I don't know. We might have a lot to say about this album. Okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We might have a lot to say about this album. We, oh, no. I don't know how to take that. You, here's what I'll say. We might have a lot to say about this album. <laughs> okay. I bet you have a lot to say about this album. I could talk about it. Sure. All right. I might let you do that. Thanks. Let you. That sounded horrible. I mean, <laughs> I might just take a back seat to that. But you can still talk in the back seat. In fact, sometimes those people talk more. <laughs> That's true. That is true. That's how driving somewhere works. Hey everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Pop, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins. And I am Bob Canning. And Tim, are you excited for the holiday season? Well, um, I don't know if you mean the holiday that actually is happening, I think, when this goes up, the Thanksgiving, or if you're talking about the impending holiday that already started, so not really impending, uh, Christmas, the Christmas season, the Hanukkah season, the Kwanzaa season. You know what? When I say holiday season, I think it includes Thanksgiving. I think of the season as being like from Thanksgiving to New Year's. You don't think it precedes Thanksgiving a little bit? What with the ads and that movie Last Christmas I mean, just came out? It, it might a little bit, but I, I really think it starts with Thanksgiving. At least that's how I see it. I do feel like the thing that signifies Christmas, well, I think there's the TV specials, but it's kind of like the decorations go up early, the decorations stay up late, but the music, the sound of the carols and the, and, and the, the songs of Christmas is something that, to me, yeah, is very much wedged between the evening of Thanksgiving to the end of Christmas Day. like Because those songs, I feel like they don't have the power, they don't have a lingering impression past that. And I, you're right, I think what you're saying is too early now. But yeah, Christmas carols, basically, is what we'll be talking about today. Um, and I like Christmas carols. I like Christmas music. I'm a fan. Last year, we, we talked about them a little bit with a Star Wars Christmas album. Less of a fan of that. But today, we're doing a compact discussion. We're going to talk about a single album. It's a single album that uh, is near and dear to your heart, maybe? I don't know if it's near and dear. I do like the artist, uh, Mr. Harry Connick Jr. He's yeah, you've talked about him a lot in the past. This yeah. is the first time we're really approaching an album of his, I think. Yeah, I was thinking about that as as I was preparing for this podcast. It's like, ah, oh, I'm glad we got to squeeze a Harry Connick Jr. album in here because I don't think you'll ever want to talk about or need to any of his other you know works. But this Christmas album, this is something you and I have shared, and I think something others out there have probably heard at least one or two songs from. So yeah, it makes sense to talk about this. What's what's the name of the album? Or this Harry Connick's Jr. album we're going to talk about? So this is uh, Harry Connick's first um, Christmas album, When My Heart Finds Christmas, released in 1993. This album has sold a lot. <laughs> this is a pretty big selling album since um, since they've been tracking it. There's a company called SoundScan that tracked the sales of albums and CDs that kind of started keeping track in 1991. And this is the 12th best-selling Christmas album in the U.S., which to say out loud now, I'm like, that's not really a fact, but I mean, it's a fact. It's not really interesting because there's a lot of <laughs> points to it. But, but just the idea, like, I didn't realize that people really dig this album. I to me, it's it's you. <laughs> You're the one with the album, <laughs> and that's how I heard it. But uh, the people yeah. really swooped this up, and I don't. I was just wondering, do you think it's important to people who's doing the Christmas albums of their, you know, with the, and doing the songs they like for Christmas? Do you think when people are getting Christmas music, are they specifically signaling out the artist, or is it more just kind of like these are songs you can hear anyone do? These are songs that have their purpose, their meaning, their feeling. I think there's a lot of people that do. Sig- single out the artist um, and that they're looking for that familiar artist that they like and to hear their rendition of songs they already know. And then maybe also to be introduced to some, some new songs. Um, But yeah, I think that's how it works. I think today though, and this is something I thought about too. It's like, I don't play this album around the holidays like I used to. And certainly like I did that year, I don't just put the album in hit play hang out for whatever runtime it is and, and hear the whole thing. Too um, long. I think the runtime is too long. <laughs> too long. But like today, you just put on Spotify or uh, one of the other, uh, what are some of the other, Apple Music or something. 
uh, Google Play. Uh, we don't have any sponsors. You don't have to say them all. I'm, I'm going to list at least six more. But no, um, yeah, I think you just put a, put something on a random, random, or you turn on that LA radio station that plays Christmas music nonstop for 14 weeks. Um, I think everything is just sort of just available and out there and on random now. I don't know. I, I've not been around. Christmas parties or events where somebody just puts on a, a particular album. And that's how I grew up. Like like I said, was like my mom had, we had records. We had a record player. We would put on those Christmas records and that's all we would listen to. We didn't have the luxury of just putting on something on the internet and just totally at random hearing a vast array of, of versions of the same song over and over again by different artists. Well, let's uh, let's approach this album then. Let's take this one track by track and uh, see see it how how it works, how it holds together. Um, it, it opens up uh, it opens up with sleigh ride. That's yeah. which is a, a traditional That's a great Christmas song. Track. That's great. I mean, it's jazzy. It's orchestrated. It's a little Frank Sinatra esque. Yeah, it's Sinatra esque, which is what Harry Connick Jr. was known for initially. I think. Um, but yeah, it's, it's your big band version of Sleigh Ride. It's got the, the, the horn section just kicking in. It's, it's a, a slightly different arrangement, but still very familiar. Yeah, it's, it's a great opener. Did this track wow you when you put it in? When you're like, whoa, this is something hot, fresh, and new? or, or <laughs> Like you're talking about the very first time I heard about it? about the very first time um, and even going I back probably, to it t- I probably liked it a lot. I don't know if I was wowed by it, but I was... I was pleased that it, it sounded the way it did because it's exactly what I would think a Harry Connick Jr. version of Sleigh Ride would sound like. And so I wasn't disappointed. You weren't disappointed, but Harry Connick's, I mean, this is what, and we may have talked about this before, but I mean, here we are in 1993, we're talking about when this album came out. Here you and I are sitting in a room with our Pearl Jam CDs, with <laughs> our um, single soundtrack, with, 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 the, with all these I would say more modern sounding of the era '90s and late '80s yeah. sounding bands. What was the attraction? And this spreads a little further from the album. But what was the pull to you, this kid in Boston for the first time, to be hearing Harry Connick Jr.? Like what? Because my guess is that's the only reason you picked up the album because it was Harry Connick doing Christmas songs. You weren't just looking randomly. Yeah, I mean, because I was a Harry Connick Jr. fan in high school, um, and we've. We've talked about this um, probably in our When Harry Met Sally episode um, because it was linked in the show notes, maybe. <laughs> um, I, yeah, because at the time I was listening to um, just pop radio, you know, Madonna, Phil Collins. That was all I could hear uh, on the radio. And then. So when the other I, songs played, you just co- covered it up? It's just there was no sound. I didn't even have to cover up. I don't know how, but I could not hear any other music. Um, but when I was in high school, I got into the school musicals, and I, I sang in, in choir, and I had a decent voice, and I guess uh, the, the choir director wanted me to be in the vocal jazz group, and so he lured me into to that group, um, which was a lot of fun. And I got to experience uh, jazz music um, and sing it, and then Harry Kong Jr. was sort of rising up as a, as a as a unique musical star at that moment and so i i picked up one of his albums and really loved it loved the big band sound of it and so i you do you're up, attracted to this big band sound that, that's yeah. so foreign to me i know we've discussed it before but i just it's never appealed to, i mean it appeals to me more now and that i can tolerate it but that is not something i was looking to find my grandparents um when they they had a tape player in their car and they wanted to buy, they didn't have tapes, but they wanted to buy a tape player for their car. And we ended up, I don't know if they picked it out or if my, my mom or my aunt picked it out for them. But they ended up getting like a collection of 40s Glenn Miller Orchestra, big band stuff, like different different bands and songs of that era. And just sort of osmosis, I guess. I'm in the backseat as we're driving places. And that's what they would play. And, you know... Uh, Familiarity breeds. Um, what's the phrase? Familiarity breeds uh, favor. Too much. Oh, no, okay. it breeds favor. It's like the more familiarity you... could adopt a little too. Let's face the facts. We just want to have someone we pass our genes on to. <laughs> so yeah, I just kind of enjoyed that sound. And then when there was a modern version of that sound, it could be my version. You know, because now this is this is my era 
my generation, Harry Connick Jr. And so, is he performing this live? Is this first track done live? Do you? Think? I don't think so. I think this is all studio recordings. So why does he talk to the band? Because that's what you do when you're jazzing it up, man. You, you get you get the band going. But it's but they're not there, right? You just said it's not recorded live. These are studio musicians. He's singing over their tracks. I mean, it might be it might have been recorded live in the studio. Oh, okay, that's like, that's I, what I meant. I just, yeah, I, like I don't think it's a concert recording. No, no, no. I that's I wasn't saying that. I was just saying like, yeah. do you think this is a one take? Everyone's there. Well, yeah, or, I is, mean, or, is, not... or is it a well produced, multi layered production? And he's trying to create. Like Gary no, Connick Jr. is trying to create this feeling of a live show. I think. Well, no, telling the see, band to I keep would, up. I would want to look into that because I don't know if you can layer trumpets. You know, I don't think trumpets can do their bit separate from everything else. I think you need the band. I think you. I think you might be onto something there. I haven't really thought about how jazz music uh, and big band music might be recorded differently um, than like a pop song. But like, is and I guess that's what I'm wondering: is he authentically a jazz and big band musician, or is he a pop artist performing in that style, trying to elicit and create no, I think that style? I think it's authentically that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he has early recordings that are a different sound, and then he adopted this sound. This has been his sound, like a Halloween album or from a day Fourth one. of July album. No, I'm saying like he didn't start with like acoustic guitar balladry. It was always piano and big band. Okay, and and I guess like the When Harry Met Sally soundtrack, at least it's a lot of old standards. A lot of his early albums are a lot of old standards, right? Uh, yeah, intermingled. He's always had his his own uh, his own tracks in there. I think his first released album was just covers, um, and then his his tracks on When Harry Met Sally were covers, um, and then his first, like what I consider his first release was the album We Are In Love. And he had, you know, it was about 50-50, I think, with his own music um, that he wrote and arranged. And then the standards, which he also arranged. So he's still putting his his touch on on those standards. Oh, no. Like he's this album, here. I think he wants you to know he's putting his... He's the, he's the leader. He's the leader. I think that's yeah. why he's talking to the band. So you have in your mind this image of this old-fashioned, again, Sinatra kind of performer. And I'm not, that might be, be belittling him. I'm not meaning to. I just... There's something about this album I think we're going to get into with a couple of tracks where I just like... I It feels a little smug, to me. <laughs> oh, he's always felt smug. Yeah, but he's did, he's just one of those in a gentle way. But um, you can't be just, sincere if you're smug. <laughs> well, that's kind of like what I was saying. I don't know if you're going to use what we talked about a little earlier. Um the video for the the second track on this album. Uh-huh. Uh which is the title track When My Heart Finds Christmas. The video for this is it's so weird because well, yeah, that's the next track too. Yeah. So this is a good segue. Yeah, let's so talk next... about track two, when my heart finds Christmas. Yeah, and so this track slows it down. You've got a string arrangement. It's very sentimental. It's about your heart. It's about feeling. It's about emotion. It's about when your heart finds Christmas. There might be other holidays that you that you live through, but once you get to Christmas, everything changes. It's beautiful. It's happy. It's children laughing. It's cheerful, and so. Take that song just as is. It's a pretty sappy, sentimental track. Um, and not one that I really care for, uh, even though it's the title track of this album. And he wrote then it. You, Did we say that? He wrote this song. This is him Yes, writing. this is a, a Harry Connick Jr. original. Uh-huh. So Sleigh Ride was... A Harry Connick um, original. Hey, what? I'm going to cut that out. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> that was stupid. Did, did, did I not what, say what, his Bob? name completely? No, you said it fine. Let Bob talk, Tim, is what the <laughs> audience is saying. Um, but so you take that song as is. It's it's cheesy, I think. It's overly sentimental. It's saccharine. It's this is a saccharine, saccharine fucking song. But talk about being sm- smug is what you call them. Yeah. So you take that song. You don't imagine that there'd be a smugness to it. But when in the video for this song. You see his smugness. He's singing this. Now, there's a smugness, by the way, in the lyrics, too. Is there? So the video might be smuggier than it, this. It, but I guess it is, because he's like singing directly to the camera, and he starts out with like this look of forlornness. Like, 
it's the saddest thing, but I'm going to be happy again when my heart finds Christmas. And then he just starts smiling at you. Like, how old is he at this time? What's his age bracket at this point of his career? At this point, he's probably 30. So Maybe. he's young. He's, yeah, he's still even though young. he seems so much older, he's pretty young. So he's, yeah, yeah he's full of himself. He's, yeah. this song sounds very self satisfied with itself. This song knows it's making you wet with his sincerity, but I just, <laughs> that's exactly how I take it too. It's like he was trying to write a classic standard. That's Christmas exactly, song. he's trying to be yeah. this thing. Yeah. And it doesn't, does it work for you? I just gave, I just played my card. No, this song is, you don't like this song, do you? I don't care for this song. No, I I wrote a few lyrics down and I'm just like, in my eyes are Valentine's and Easter eggs and New Year's wine. Like he's, he's tying all these, I don't, he's trying to sound like the seasons pass, the traditions pass. My heart finds Christmas. My eyes will shine like new. And it's just I, I this almost lost me on the second track, and I actually did not remember the song except for the singing of the title and the chorus. So I thought, oh yeah, that's probably something from a movie or something. But this, yeah, I would yeah. have skipped over it after a while. I when, oh, when we used to listen to it in the room, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So once I, I got, skipped over it, this once time. I've heard the once I've heard the album a few times, I'm like, okay, these are the tracks I can skip. But you're putting this at the top of your album, not you, the the, the album itself. It's yeah. playing this. Obviously, this is meant to be the this is meant to drive the point home. It's the name of the album. You're talking about this video where he's looking right at you. The cover of this album is a traditional, like, I got my sweater on, it's a smooth, warm looking photo. I'm just gonna get into your ears and fuck <laughs> the shit out of you or whatever. And it's just it, it doesn't play for real for me. And, and telling me he's 30 makes it worse. Because <laughs> it's like all those douchebags in college that were suddenly acting like they were in the movie Swingers from seeing Swingers and into swing music and snapping their hands with the dumb jackets and using dumb slang. I mean, this this is what he feels like. He wants us to, like you said, he wants to make a classic Christmas album. He, Because I know what it's like. We had like a Bing Crosby Christmas album growing up that I think meant a lot to me. And people have their traditional, maybe it's a Frank Sinatra one, maybe it's a Peggy Lee or, or Dolly Parton, whoever. He wants this on the shelf. An instant classic is what he's trying to make. And I think if, and that doesn't work though. And he's writing half this album himself, I would think, right? A lot of these are original songs. I mean, this next song, the third track, the one that I really remember from this, it must have been old Santa Claus. He talks to the band in this one too, right? Uh, I think so. I mean, any of the upbeat songs, Harry Connick is generally, you know, uh, saying, yeah, go Dennis or whatever. I don't think he's ever had anybody in his band named Dennis. But um, they do the thing in jazz where it's like every every instrument gets a solo, which which they don't really do on this album. I'm thankful of- <laughs> they don't do on this four-track Too Many album. <laughs> on, on one of his other tracks, and I can't even tell you which one, there's a, there's a stand-up bass solo where the guy's like, you know uh, – Finger in the bass and, and getting a good 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 uh, beat going. I don't think that's what that's called. <laughs> Probably I, I, not. I, I don't think that's how that goes. <laughs> but but Harry Connick shouts out to him, "Go, Benny, beat that dog, Benny." <laughs> and so I bet the guy's name was like Raymond <laughs> or, or Frank or Matthew, and it's just that's the thing. Like because Benny has got the Y at the end, it's kind of like a swing, and you can swing your head and snap your fingers while you're saying Benny. This is what I'm saying. The character of Harry Character Jr. here yeah. is too smug to me for me to be invested in. That's why this song kind of works, because it's kind of a goofy, yeah. some good drums, whatever, playing song. And it feels this song feels modern. This felt pretty much like, okay, it's not modern now. Like we said, it's almost 30 years old. Right. But it felt of the time. Like this, he could have stuck on an album of other tracks. Like he didn't have to release a whole Christmas album. You put this out there, like Christmas wrapping. People find it. People can hear it. And, that, and that's, I don't mind it. And so his smugness works in this song because this song is a goof. It's a funny song. Yeah. Well, I think I think his smugness, as you're referring to it, constantly is, is part of his overall personality, anyway. And I don't know. I don't know if it's smugness as much as it's like just a guy having a good time. That's uh, smug. It, if you're going to put that on an album and make I, sure I people guess. know, that's that's the but, definition of smugness. It's, well, it's hard. Look because, at me up here. Look what I'm doing. I'm having a good time. We're snapping our fingers. I'm telling Benny to fuck a dog. I well, mean, this is really... That's 
But you're saying it, it works on this song, and that's why it's hard for me to listen to almost every other track on this, because every other track is more of a traditional sounding, you know, Christmas faux classic. You put on top of that faux classics, he's writing things he wants to be classics. This next song, we're coming up to a song called The Blessed Dawn of Christmas Day. It's the fourth track. Yes. He wrote this one. He did. And you can, and you can tell it's really churchy. Yeah. This one, he actually says that Jesus died for him. That's pretty self-centered. But I, I just, I, I did not like this song one bit. Would, um, do you like it? Are you a fan of? Uh, I guess I should let you say that first because I don't want to influence no, your uh, opinion. So no, no. Um, this is like I said, like every other song I enjoyed because every other song was a big band song. So we went big band sleigh ride, and then sincere strings for when my heart finds Christmas, and then big band uh, must have been old Santa Claus, and then we go strings again and hymnal with blessed dawn of Christmas day, which again, like you're saying, isn't. It's supposed to sound classic. Like, that's how I feel. It's like, it's supposed to be um, almost like, like a hymn you would sing in church every every holiday season. Like, right? we just know it all the time. And do you think Silent people Night. liked it, though? Yeah, another another swinging big band hit, The Fuck a Dog too. Silent Night. But what? fuck it, Benny. Ride that dog or whatever. I don't quite he recall. He beats the dog. He beats it. Beat the Jesus, Benny. I know. Oh, no, Benny. Tell that anthropomorphic cab to lay off that dog. But do you, and I'm so I'm sorry, like, do you listen to this? Do you remember listening to this track? Nope. I skipped over this one, too. Like, I listened to it the first couple of times because I want to get a sense. But, but does it resonate with you at all? No, it doesn't. It does. It sounds like a hymn. And that's the thing. Like, yeah. First, to put on an album, you're counting on someone to want to listen to it. He th- he wrote it, so he thought someone well, was going to listen to it. But he also had an interesting audience. So he had some really hip, cool cats like me listening to his music. But mm. I think he was also... <laughs> hip, cool cats like yourself. <laughs> he was also a draw to my grandparents and my mom, um, you know, that older generation. This is the music that they grew up on. And so... Here's somebody else, you know, fresh new music of, of that sound of that era. So I think in a way he was playing to that audience too. But we're getting to a stretch of non-Harry Connick songs. So now we're getting to a stretch of originals I, or uh, traditionals. Because I think he really only did out of the 12 songs or whatever, only four are Harry Connick songs. That's a lot. That's a lot on your Christmas album. Like I, I can guess. see Christmas album having one new track. Here's a little something I put together about the elderly and reindeer but to, to to top load your album with those hits you're you are saying you are smug and, and even though you're probably also self-aware and it's probably true you're saying people will buy anything that i do <laughs> the people coming to this christmas album hey, are coming it, to it because it's harry connick jr and that's it's true. exactly what i did yeah but he doesn't have to flaunt it <laughs> he should do something like you're saying like here track five uh what's what's it called uh, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Yeah, that's a traditional song. Yeah. I mean, it's not really a song you can eat. This is the thing I noticed of all the songs here. You can't really make this song your own. I mean, this one always sounds like someone doing a cover. True. I mean, you can have favorite versions of this song, but I think it's still always just, if you like this song, it's because you liked the song, let right. it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Ren Hoek from Ren and Stimpy could perform it. <laughs> Harry Connick Jr. from Harry Connick Jr. could perform it. Um, that dog that Benny has has been riding <laughs> with, the, with, with the strength of a long-term relationship still going strong could probably howl it, bark it, and it would be just as enjoyable. So this, this, was, this is kind of what I would expect. From a Christmas album. Yeah, I, I like that uh, about one minute in, and I think it's only a two-minute long <laughs> version of this song. So I like half, that. Half of the song, the second half of the song, is mostly instrumental, and it's just the the big band kind of rocking it out, and I, I really like that part of it. But yeah, him singing it. I could no have taken more of that. No different from anything else. And that's good, though. That's what I want on, on my Harry Connick Jr. album. Because, again, a Christmas album, I'm picking it up. It's like, you know, like those... um. What were those Keith Haring Christmas albums that came out every year? What were those called? Um, yeah. Uh, Joy to the... Oh, oh, What a Christmas? What were some, they called? Something like that. 
Not the, it's not that's what I call Christmas, but they were a very special Christmas. They were called a very special okay. Christmas. There was like a green one, a red one, and every year like six, yeah. I don't know, ten different pop artists. They were would, like charity albums mostly, too, right? Yeah, they were exactly there. I think they were raising for AIDS awareness. I yeah. think I have one. I'm sorry, I don't quite remember. But you get like Sting singing, I saw three ships come sailing in. And you have Chris Cornell singing Ave Maria. And you have No Doubt singing what I didn't realize was a cover called Oi to the World. But you have these popular musicians doing covers of traditional songs and i think once or twice you got a new song i think smashing pumpkins and tim um, sorry dave matthews both did um did i just almost use my name to describe <laughs> dave matthews no he performs <laughs> with someone named tim i want to make it clear it's dave matthews and tim something tim reynolds but th- thank you so and tim blevins <laughs> um so they're both you know they might write a new christmas song but mostly it's yeah. People you like covering stuff, which makes it easier to buy it. Right. Because <laughs> you're like, I got to have Christmas music anyways. I might as well have the bare naked ladies singing, I don't know, Rudolph. I forget what they're singing on it. Sure. But that's kind of what I'm looking for. And that's why I think, you know, you gravitate to an album like this maybe because of that. It's like, I got to pick up a Christmas album. I like him. I've got it. And again, it's different now. And I think you were saying this, I don't know if it was before the episode or it's been during it. Listening to music now where you can where you can type up and pull up stuff on on, on YouTube or on, make your playlists, it's a little different. I don't know if this album would happen today because of that. Yeah, I mean, there's still artists putting out Christmas albums, but I there just don't are. I don't think they're as successful as as number 12 in the U.S. When My Heart Finds Christmas. <laughs> On the SoundScan chart started in 1991. Yeah. No, but but this you bought this because it was an artist you like. And I was actually surprised to hear you were saying even early on, you skipped around on this. Oh, yeah. You skipped around on this because it one, it's far too long. We're only we're not even halfway through yet. We should keep going. But there's 14 I think we tracks. said there were 12 tracks. There's actually 14 uh, Yes, there are 14 tracks. We're getting up to six in a minute, but I just this album, yeah, we're in the we're in the stretch of the album I like right now because right after yeah, right after Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. Like do you remember where the album flipped? It's not Little Drummer Boy. Is the next track is Little Little Drummer Boy. Would that uh, still I, be side one? You had the CD. I've, so I've only had know. the CD. So when you flip the CD, it sounds awful, right? <laughs> that's terrible. a bad. That's bad. Yeah. You should keep it on the with the label side up. Yeah. So track six on this, uh, the little drummer boy. My notes, my keyboard must have stuck. It says little drummer oi. Um, <laughs> I do like this one. This is a you know I was saying with the last one, no one can really make let it snow their own. This is a good version of a classic song that I like. And he does a little bit of arranging on it, the drums at the beginning and everything. That's I think that's kind of different yeah, from how it, the song starts. It sounds a little starts. more military style than your... Oh, it does. That's a little bit of an attraction. You're right. It does sound a little military. Yeah. But I, I like this. I this, you do? this is enjoyable. This okay. would have done well on one of those very special Christmas, Christmas albums. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't like this take of it. Oh, no? Necessarily. No. Of, of Little I mean, Drummer Oi? I'll be honest. Um, I've never liked the Little Drummer Boy song. Oh, really? Um, what about yeah. Little Drummer Boy Book Two? <laughs> no, you don't like um, you don't like this song. Oh, well. No, I don't like this. I don't like this version. Um, like the backing vocals come in at weird times and um, highlight lines of the song that you're just not expecting to be highlighted. I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, like when he rides that dog, like with when the he, passion of a man just out of prison. When, he, when Benny, when Benny uh, stones that dog, yeah. Um, oh Jesus, we have totally different versions of what Benny did. I guess so. I guess so. He's really killing it, or he's really killing it. <laughs> but okay, so you're not a fan of the song? Easy not enough. this version, no. Yeah, or the song in general. But if this was just a straightforward, here's again, let's whittle it down, Mr. Connick Jr. Here's. 10 or 9 Christmas songs one of which is new you could listen you could probably pull through this because sometimes Christmas music is just background music when you know it well enough you know it's just playing there you don't have to be focused on it it's it's serving its purpose and that and that's fine that's this one that gives the band something to do um you follow that up with another classic song which i already mentioned in regards to Chris Cornell uh, track 7 um Ave Maria yeah this should have just been a piano cover. Like I, he shouldn't have sung it. His 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 vocal stylings does this song no justice. Yes, 
I um, was yes. Yeah. The, and, but the piano great. at the beginning, because it's like a minute and a half of just him playing the melody on piano. I think it's great. That's right. He's a piano player. I forget he, that. He is. Yeah. Um, and so I think that... He's great, by the way. I think he's just playing Ave Maria. I don't think that's... It's not like he's doing one-handed Allentown. No, no, he's not. But he's doing he's doing it, and it's just it's really pretty. I mean, the song's pretty to begin with, but then his 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 playing, you know, he like pauses in different spots than you might expect. And it's just a nice, pretty uh, version, uh, piano version of it. And if it had only been that, I might, you know, this would go on. If I was making a mix of Christmas music and it was just that piano, um, I would put that on there probably every time. He can't carry this tune, huh? I don't think so. He can't pull off. No, he's only showing off here and it doesn't work. This to me... Is the second worst track of all time. This, of all time. Um, the first being I feel like chicken tonight, like chicken tonight. <laughs> but this, you know, it's funny. I even typed in my notes, second worst one. I couldn't tell you what, what on this album I now think is the first worst one. I think it's probably <laughs> when my heart finds Christmas, but yeah. they blended together. Yeah, no, I didn't. And this is a traditional. I didn't care for this. I've never cared for the song. Like you were saying with the little German boy, I've never been a fan of Ave Maria. Not even when Christopher Cornell did it. But again, I feel like if this was just 10 traditionals, why wouldn't he do this? He This this can be your churchy one. I mean, yeah. Christmas, I guess a lot of it's churchy, but this could be your choir one. But yeah, yeah it would have been nice if he had stuck. He doesn't have just an instrumental on this, does he? No, he doesn't. No, this would have been a good one. You're absolutely yeah. right. Plus, it kind of would slow the album down. But instead, we just get him in all his smugness showing you the notes he can get. And I don't think I need that right now. I don't think I need to hear that. Yeah, I almost feel like he, he sang that one for his mom. Hmm. You know, you don't think he like, sang it for all the moms? Yeah, probably. I feel like that's a. I feel like this is... A, you know what I hear in this song a little bit? You know what kind of is... And it's almost all in sync. It's just like this universal 100 to 200 just different individual legs squishing together is this just like a make your mom wet oh, kind geez. of track isn't that i mean isn't that that's what he's doing that's what harry Connick's voice is trying to do probably and maybe to the dads too i just i've only ever seen him kind of rubbing up against women and, and you know i'm sure he sings to them directly and holds the microphone yeah. in a weird position i mean that's 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 his that's his goal and this song is just yeah, I, I did not. This I wanted to turn it off with that song. Thankfully, I did it because... You must march on. That's true. To which song? Parade of the Wooden Soldiers. Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, I didn't really know before getting this album. I didn't... Yeah. It wasn't like a Christmas song, a Christmas classic for me. I think it's from a movie. Is it? I was going to ask because uh, the, the main question when it started... And through most of it, the main question I guess I had, and I was going to ask you, so I can ask you now, really, uh, what the fuck is this? I mean, <laughs> who cares about this? I, why does anybody want to fucking listen to this song for six fucking minutes? <laughs> this song is awful. I think it's from Babes in Toyland, but I'm not sure. Yeah, that's the Laurel and Hardy movie? Maybe. I'm saying what I think I read on Wikipedia, so I'm not quite sure. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be like the the Santa Christmas um, toy shop sort of nod. It does, but we already had a song about Santa. Yeah, but not toys. Not wooden soldiers. No, that's true, but I'm just like, does this even... Who thinks of this fucking song? Why do you put this... This is a bizarro, out-of-left-field kind of track yeah. to put on your album. Well, I think maybe he... And I don't I don't know the original, so I don't know how um, true it is to what the original was, but I think he had a sense of how he could jazz it and do like that <laughs> syncopation to make it sound like it's a mechanical toy... Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I don't know if that's already inherent in the song, the original song, or if that's something he played with, but I don't know. I think if you've got the horns and, and, and you know, you can kind of tinker and, and use, you know, start, stop rhythms. It's a good song to kind of show off your skills, I guess. 
But on a Christmas album, because again, you're trying to get an audience. Christmas albums get bought and played to be played ultimately in the background. You put them on when you're decorating the tree. You put them on when you're opening presents. You put them on when you're sitting there reading whatever you're reading. So why go jarringly experimental in the middle of a Christmas album? I think maybe because this is another one of those uh, attempts to capture not just the hip, cool hipsters like me of the era, but my grandparents... Way to keep complimenting yourself, by the way. Uh, But my grandparents would have I knew you back then. Just keep that in mind with each of these sentences. I hung out with you. I adored you. I liked being around you. But I know who you are. Right. All right. Maybe I'll stop doing that. But but Bob would be hanging out in the coffee shops with his snakeskin dress shoes and his greased back hairs, waiting for the next rockabilly band to take the stage So he, and calling over any Betty Page hairdo he saw to come sit with him so they could chat. And this is where I lose track of my joke. What were every, you going to say? Every Wednesday night. Well, I mean, I was going to say that this is for the older generation who remembered the movie, maybe, and remembered the song. And so maybe this was just another way to, to speak to that fandom that that age group of maybe fans. maybe i just it's just too jarring for me it just took me out of it um so much that what's what comes next what child is this yeah is you need to get track. jesus back into this right i well he likes to he's pulling jesus out left and right do you like this song this is an old carol classic carol um i used to, i think we sang this in church i think this was a hymn that we would sing during the christmas season um, and I liked my version of it better. My church's version of it better. Oh, I thought you had some joke lyrics. You mean you liked no. singing it in church? I, I did. I liked singing this song in church. I don't care for it on this album. It's fine, I guess. But I mean, I've never liked this song. But I have to say, because I listened to this album in one sitting, I was really exhausted by this point, that last clockwork sound song, but also just getting to track nine and what's still going, that this song kind of gave me a moment to check out. <laughs> like this did do what you can do with Christmas music. It played in the background. I knew it wasn't one I cared for. I could take a breath and kind of air myself out because it was really starting to smell like Connick Jr. in here because it's so smug, smuggy. So yeah, I, I mean, again, I get why it's here. Like you said, it's a Christmas carol, but uh the strings are a bit too much. Yeah. Like, yeah. And again, like you said, it's very churchy. This is a very Christian Christmas album. And I, I mean, are Christmas albums supposed to be this Christian? Some of them can be. I mean, it yeah. is a Christian holiday. It is. No, it is. And But... Is Harry Connick Jr. a Christian performer? I'm saying this for a reason. I'm not trashing Christianity. I think he's a a safe performer you know i don't think his music is is um going to turn off you know a a staunch christian in any way so um, i don't know that that is his market per se he's really laying into it in this album well it's a christmas album tim it is, but i i that's what i'm saying like i think the christmas albums i grew up with i didn't always think about the religious and some of yeah. it's fine. I'm not saying it's I'm some of it. It's fine. I, I think I, it's, I just it's a it's like 6040. Because I'm looking at the track listings, you've got I'll say a winter song and then a Christmas Christian song and then a Santa song and then a Christian song and then a winter song and then a Christian Christian toy Christian r- Christmas romance, I guess. Uh Christian reindeer Christian uh, dating. <laughs> so, so match.com basically yeah. is what he released to the world. So yeah, you're right. There is, there's a lot of Christian in there. What's track 10? Track 10 is Christmas dreaming. Yeah. Which is another song I didn't know existed before hearing it on this album. I love this song. I think, you love this song? I think it's so sweet. I think it's great. And I, I like the sound of it because it's a little different than everything else on the album because it's got... These female backing vocals, almost like a a creepy opening choir. Yeah, I I don't think it's creepy. It reminds me of, and I mentioned it earlier, the Ray Conniff singers. They have a similar sound. All all of their covers are are kind of in this style of song. And maybe that's why I liked it, because that's the one I grew up with, um, with my family. But I, I like this song. Okay. Yeah, I don't, sitting here right now, I don't remember much of how it sounds. Um 
But again, it's Christmas music. And this one, I think I felt like it was Christmas music. And I get having that playing during the season. It's just making it through this whole album is hard. Mm. <laughs> so I think if I didn't, at this point, if I didn't recognize it as something, yeah. it wasn't going to wasn't gonna I stick. Can, I consider this actually the hidden gem of the song, of the, of the really? album. Really? You yeah. really like this track? I really you, do. You, I, I wish it hit- were played um, publicly more. I wish this became the radio oh. track. I really like it. That's a... That's a nice find. Have you ever heard anyone else do a version of it? Because again, no. I don't know it. No, but I've, he didn't write it. No, this is uh, someone else wrote it, and I think it's a cla- it's Irving Gordon and Lester Lee. I don't know who they are. Yeah, I don't know, but one of them has a very unfortunate first name. Lester. No, Irvin. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, oh, that's nice. I, I wouldn't. I again, it didn't really stick with me, but that's that's cool. That this far into the album, you can find something you like. In a in a couple weeks. Go and just play this one song, and I think you'll find it's it's nice. I think after you've been dragging yourself through the album, this one probably didn't do anything for you, but if you were to just listen to it on its own standing, I think you'd find it's pleasant. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of not doing anything for me... <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, track 11. That's the best song. I Pray on Christmas is the best song? It's a pretty good song. I like I Pray on Christmas. I wrote in my notes, oh no, doo-wop. <laughs> yes. Um, oh yes, no, this, I I do remember this song. This is this is this and must have been old Santa Claus or the two from this album. I feel like I remember you playing a lot. And yep. for all my not liking it, it does also remind me of you, so I do like that <laughs> part of it. But this I, I think this song is so showy. And so full of itself. I think he is he doing all the parts in this, all the melodies. It's not all him. It's not. No, it's his band. So it's not. Yeah. It is. Yeah, he's done okay, acapella, yeah. duopy type songs on other albums. Well, that's what this is. Him yeah. and the band. I'm not. I'm sure he has. And, and again, he's more than welcome to. I just. Do you like a duop kind of Christmas song? I guess I, you do. Yeah, I don't mind it. I think it works. I think it it works. It's it's still in his style, um, and I think yeah, I think it works. I think it's yes. I can hear the smugness now that that you've ingrained that into me. Massive, massively. <laughs> so he's so proud of what he's doing. He's so proud. And here's the thing: this maybe is why it's distracting, or one of the many many reasons it's distracting. He's so proud of the fact that he's doing a callback. He's so proud that he's appealing to your grandparents and your parents. He's doing all these generations of music. He's so caught up in it. Like, look what I can do, the music of my youth. He's not trying anything new here. No, but he's he's having... You see it as smugness, but I see it as... I as, hear it as smugness. I haven't watched that video yet. He's having... I can't, I'm going to stay on. I want you to watch it while I'm listening. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, um, but... Um, I don't. You, you probably don't know this about Harry County Jr. and I don't know too much about it because I've never been to New Orleans and oh, I'm not. I thought you were going to say, and I don't know it about Harry County Jr. But here's a fact: I'm not a, uh, uh, a music uh, historian, but but New Orleans. He's from New Orleans. That's where he grew up. His father was a music, musician. Was he a magician? Could he make half of this album disappear? But he grew up in studios and in bands and around bands in New Orleans. And a lot of what they do is this fun street music where they're just jamming away. They've got their they're playing and they're having fun and they're talking to each other. You know, they're encouraging each other throughout the song. And this to me sounds like a, a version of that. That's some of his New Orleans upbringing coming out in a song like this where it's a party. It's a party about Christmas and praying and love. And, and so that's his New Orleans kind of take on it. And again, I might be totally off base calling it a New Orleans type sounding song. I know that there are other songs that sound vastly different that are New Orleans type, but I get, I get the, that kind of vibe from it. I get a street vibe from this song. I get that vibe from the movie Armageddon when they sing Leaving on a Jet Plane and you realize that half the cast can't sing. That's what I get from this. But oh, come I don't on. know, but everything you just said about him. Yes, he grew up with his father playing his father's music in all these circles. And now I just feel like he's 
He's, he can't because it's a recording. I know he doesn't physically live on the disc, but I feel like as it's playing, he's constantly glancing out with each spin of that disc <laughs> under the laser beam, making sure that, yep, people are still listening. People are wowed by this. Like I think right before they record it, he's like, we really got something here, guys. We're going to blow their panties off. And I just... I think, uh, there, I, think there's the, I think that's there, but I don't think it's about him being proud of that. I think it's more of him saying, we're really going to bring the party to the people. <sighs> like he did with his song in the mask. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What song I, was in the uh, mask? Um, it's not had to be you. Could have been me. Is that a song? <laughs> <laughs> this should have been four songs shorter. I don't know what it's called. He he had it, one of his songs from one of his albums. You had the album is also used in the closing credits of the mask and uh-huh. had a video. And and in that he's playing a piano in public and looking at everybody, everyone's crowding around him, and it's just like, oh my god, Kerry Connick Jr. is here. He's going to change the world. I hope he gets a talk show for four months, twelve years down the line. <laughs> but get to get back to this, and and my difficulties with having this. We're also eleven songs in. Mm-hmm. Like this makes me think of Huey Lewis in the news, and sense that maybe this should have been your last song then. You do your big band finish, and then you put this little secret track of, hey, let's snap our fingers. I, I don't think at this point of your album, you know what you don't need to do? You know what he doesn't need to do, but anybody, really, who says, here's, here's some free information if you're planning on putting a record together in 1993. <laughs> what nobody ever needs to do when you've already asked someone to sit through 11 tracks is to then open up a track by shouting, hey, kids, <laughs> track 12, his predictable and i'm surprised it took this long to get to cover of rudolph the red-nosed reindeer is a bad idea covering the song and how he covers it this album is already too damn long like i said before it should be 10 tracks and this track should not be one of those tracks because you're giving us kids singing uh, for a portion of the song, yeah. For a portion of the song. But you're also <laughs> pretending, he's pretending he's in the room with these kids, and that he's got to wrangle the kids to the microphone. Come on, kids. Keep it up, kids. Snap it to it. Beat it. Fuck that dog, kids. Yeah, the kids are also telling him we shouldn't be doing this, because he's like, you're, you, 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 do you guys know the most famous reindeer of all? And they're like, yeah, of course we do. Shut the fuck up. We've heard the song more than we need to. <laughs> That's what the kids are saying. They're, they're the um, so in this song they're sort of the representative of the audience. Yeah. Do you like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? Is that even a song you enjoy? It is. I can't not enjoy it. It is like just such a part. You're allowed of, to. <laughs> I but uh, but it's such a part of my life. It's been around forever. I love the you know the animated special growing up and still like it today. Um, so yeah, it's just it's one of those that yeah it's done over and over and over again and you hear it for so long so often in so many different ways but i so i don't love it but i don't dislike it i've never been put off by it and i'm not even put off by this one but you need to hear someone you know cover it i don't Do you need another I don't version need to hear of it, it again. In the he world. didn't really no. add anything new to it no and I, I don't mean to circle back but it's one of those things that's weird to me that there are certain christmas songs where it's like we've got enough versions <laughs> We can sing it ourselves. I'm sure there's an older version. And that's what makes a Christmas album odd, I guess. Because, again, it's a a performer you like. I get why you own this album. I'm actually feeling like you're not crazy about this album the more we talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's... Yeah, I'm not. Honestly, there's too much of these slower, sentimental, sappy, Christian songs where he's trying too hard, I think. Including the next one. Oh, my God. Oh, Holy Night? Oh, Holy Night. Which is a song I like. Yeah. But this is a seven-minute Oh, Holy Night. It is orchestrated up the wazoo. It honestly, to me, there are portions of it that sound like it's uh, like a movie soundtrack. Like it's trying to be something so much more than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't care for this version. And And like you've been pointing out... We've been through so much already. Why do we have, at the end, a seven-minute song? I mean, I can get it if it's Champagne Supernova. Sure. <laughs> but Oh Holy Night. Nah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I'll tell you, I, I think he pulls this one off pretty well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But see, so you're more of a theatrical 
guy. Like That's this to me sounds like a movie soundtrack. It does. I mean, I've always liked this song. I think this is a solid Christmas song. It's religious, but I've always liked the sound of it. And this is a solid interpretation with the choir. Um, I guess it's theatrical. I for everything else on this album that's so over overproduced i don't feel like this one is overdone really i mean wow. it, it's a little too long yes yeah, i mean I, there is a little too much i didn't know I mean, that it there sounds was... like there's different movements like it's going through like you say there's a there's a choral choir part and then there's the aggressive string section part and then there's the mystical sounding string section part to me that's that's I, I tired no, of it quite quickly. There, but I feel like that's also this particular song. Like, I remember this song. This wasn't a song. I mean, I, I guess we sang it too, but I remember there was always a soloist who would sing it at Christmas pageants and stuff. And it has that sweeping motion to it, and it has that feel to it. And again, I think it's because I came into this. This is one of my favorite Christmas songs. It's one of the okay. ones where the religious iconic imagery of it. I'm not religious, but I'm like, all right, it, it works in the song, what it's talking about. I like it. And again, it is a little too much because of the length, but I think he does it really well. I think it is very produced, but in a way that he doesn't sound smug. It's nice to have that choir. And I guess what I'm wondering, and and, and you don't like it, so that's, that's interesting, but... This would have been a good end to your album, I think. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yes, it could pull off a Champagne Supernova for this album. Or he could then lead into Champagne Supernova, because that I don't think that existed yet at the time. But no, I, I, I really... I just kicked my microphone, too. I Or not my microphone, but what it's connected to. I um, And now I'm telling you this in a bunch of broken <laughs> off sentences. But it's actually a small little dinner tray with a mat, uh, flip, uh, what do you call them? Laptop. God. Um, I I don't know I I I do like this song and okay. I, I find it bizarre that you don't. Do you think if the album if this was it <laughs> like do you th- like I feel like he could have done this. This is another song where I'm like just put this on something. Do you think on its own outside of the album you would like it or have you never liked oh, this maybe. version? I mean maybe. There's a couple songs like that. I'd I have to go back ma- and yeah because you're right. It's like now we're at the end of the song. I've already gone through a couple of. You know, Ave Maria, What Child Is This, Ugh. and now A Holy Night. So, And it's a seven-minute version of a, Ho- a Holy Night. So maybe if I just heard it on its own, it might yeah. have I mean, you don't have, I mean that. I don't mean that you have to like it. I'm just saying no, that. No, no, no. You go and listen to Christmas Dreaming on its own in two weeks, and I'll listen to this in two weeks on its own. Oh, okay. I could do that. Deal. Um, we have to wait a little longer, <laughs> I think, to listen to the last track. We're finally at the end of this album, uh, track 14. We made it. A good four weeks into this album. What's the last song? What, what's what's that called? It's called What Are You Doing New Year's Eve? Yeah. Yeah. It's another one that I didn't know existed until this album. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a classic, apparently. Lots of covers. Yeah. Of this song. You don't care for it. I do not. Don't mix your holidays, man. That's the thing. <laughs> the, the, you, you, there's a week for new years you know and new year's is a wonderful thing it's this depressing time of the year it's the end of an era it's the oh i didn't do what i wanted to do this year oh i'm gonna make some false promises and oh i'm getting older like that's i enjoy the moroseness of a new year eve kind of thing i don't want to think about that in the very brief time of passing of christmas I know Christmas extends a long way, but I just feel like, and there's a lot of sadness in that era. Sure. But I'm just like, give me Christmas Day. I'll be, or give me Christmas Eve. I'll be depressed Christmas Day, but give me Christmas Eve to have my one last false gasp of joy. And then, and, and that, that, that feeling that it's sincere, but brief and fleeting of, of, of some sort of warmth and, and unity. Give me that. You're putting, you know, to have this playing. Like, how do you put this in the background? It's a whole different holiday. Yeah. You know, well, it's like me, it, he he might as well halfway through the album has have broken to a rather piano rendition of "Have You Seen the Ghost of John?" <laughs> Long white bones with the skin all. I'm not going to do that. Forget it. But just what I'm saying, like I don't. It's not an interesting song either. Like this, I I felt like this was someone who can't carry a tune. I felt like he was yeah, someone was talking over the song. It's not my favorite version of the song. Now that I I've you know once you I was heard other versions. Yeah, I've heard different versions. 
Um, I've heard the originals from like the 40s. And then um, I think Ella Fitzgerald did a cover. And then my favorite version, talk about smugness, um, is um, Zoe Deschanel and Jordan Gordon-Levitt did a YouTube video of this song, which I really enjoy. I can't watch the video because the look less now. What's that? I I, I like the song even less now. I hear that, but only because of the third rock from the sun guy. I'm fine with, with the new girl. Talk. You want to, you want to see smug. Look at that video. I don't, I've seen him. I've seen his video. We make home video movie show. He's yeah, he's smug, but he's he's got a nice voice. and, And I like that rendition of the song. I can listen to the song. I can't watch the video. But can you listen to it on a Christmas album? No, it doesn't Is need New to be Year's on a Christmas tied album. tied into Christmas. No, it's not. They're yeah. separate things, yeah. right? This this song could be... This is just a nice pop song. It could be uh, in March. It could be in July. It's a romantic song. Somebody's just wanting to... Well, I think the song is clearly date. setting it... Okay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But why is it here? The album's already long enough. Why I think, is it here? I think other than to give another song. reason for him to feel good about getting inside everybody's parents' pants. <laughs> well, I think it's jiggling that. around for a little while, musically speaking. It's probably a song that he just knew. It's because it is a classic, and, and he just felt uh, that he wanted to record it. I don't think it needs to be on a Christmas album. I think it is a song you can play anytime. It's just a, it's a pop song. I think it can play any time of the year. Is this album very, it's very much tied into a time for you, right? Oh, it's definitely tied into that time for sure. Um, because as we progress through, through our lives, um, I had other, other people playing other albums and then we had just other ways of hearing music. And so it's just gotten to the point where I never pull it out at Christmas, um, the album and, uh, don't listen to it. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so it's not like. It's not like when I grew up and it's like, here are the four albums that we're going to play in rotation at Christmas time. Because now it's like, hey, let's just play that radio station. Let's just turn on Spotify. Let's just hear every song that could possibly exist played over and over again. Um, so it's you're going to hear your Sting. I never had Sting, but I've heard that Sting song. And, you know, you'll hear. Um, yeah, I saw Three Ships Come Sailing in. Yeah, you'll see. You'll, yeah, you'll like hear that. all these songs. And uh uh, it doesn't matter who who the artist is, and sometimes you don't know. You just hear another cover, and it's like, oh, is that Josh Groban or is that Macy Gray? I don't know, but it's somebody, and it's Christmas. <laughs> or is it whoever sings Humpty Dance? <laughs> no, I, that's. Uh, and I guess it it it, it, it makes the uh, or begs the question. Doesn't beg the question. I'm going to ask the question: Do we need Christmas albums? Or can pop stars just do a Christmas song? I guess the problem or question with that is when you record just a single Christmas song back then, not so much now because you can do it, but back then, how do you release it? What do you put it on? Is that well, why yeah, people I think are doing that's these why albums? There were more albums, Christmas albums back then. I think there still are. I just don't hear about them. Mm-hmm. But and But I also don't hear about... Christmas compilation albums, and that's what the those Christmas albums we were talking about that now I can't remember the name of again. Uh, uh, oh my God! What a Christmas! Was, <laughs> that's the one. wow! Christmas now? No, what? Um, but a very uh, special Christmas, maybe. But yeah, like I remember called? people yeah. were p- picking those albums up because it was exactly what you needed. It's it's just one song from one artist you know, and then another song from a different artist that you know. Um, those were perfect. Um, yeah, I don't think people are putting albums in, in complete albums and listening from beginning to end for one artist anymore. For the holidays. For the holidays. Yeah. Do we play this album for your daughters? Nope. Oh. I, I've played certain songs off of here and these songs pop up. I have a mix. I used to have a Christmas mix of songs that I pulled uh, from various places, um, but I've never put this album in. Or play just this album um, at at the holidays. It would always just be the random mix since they were born. And Guster's uh, I Want an Alien for Christmas. Oh, boy, should have thrown that in there. Throw your your underground pop (laughs) band reference in there. Guster. My Guster song that my girls, I'm sure, would request. That might not be Guster. That might be Fountains of Wayne. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um... (laughs) 
now we're now now we're talking about two bands. I think I think Neutral Milk Hotel's Christmas track. Oh, yeah, that could be might Neutral be my Milk favorite, Hotel. or maybe it was when the Magnetic Fields had their Christmas album. No, you know, this each is song is named after one of the reindeer. to Cleo, I believe released uh, the same track or maybe it's pj the, harvey i think threw up into a microphone the during long winters might have done that mm, the mm-hmm. decemberists yep all them jesse and the rippers do they have a christmas track they better they might uh but we had these tracks uh so yeah i did you enjoy listening to it the album um it was nice to go back to it because i haven't been back to it so it was nice to go back to it I think it was too early in the year for me. Like okay. it didn't it didn't even make me want to seek out the Christmas songs I like, which is what I thought might happen. Sure. I liked it less than I thought I would. And I'm probably <laughs> never gonna listen to it again. Ho ho ho. Merry Christmas to you, Bob. That's my gift. I hate the album you kindly brought to me, not only twenty whatever years ago, but for this interesting and insightful episode of the show itself. Oh, well you're welcome, Tim. And if you want to hear Bob and I suggest more topics that one of us can't stand, (laughs) uh, check out 20popcast.com. That's the main website for this show, 20th Century Pop, that you just listened to. Um, The most recent episode is always up right there on the homepage streaming, so you can hear it. Uh, There's also links to all of our past episodes, so you can go back and listen to those. The website's in a little bit of a flux right now because I've been doing some work on it, updating a few things. Hopefully it'll be even closer to being done by the time this episode goes up, but there might be some older links to older episodes some of the episodes from 2017 maybe some from 2018 too um, where the player isn't working at the minute we're working on it they'll all be up there so you can go back and listen to old episodes but check us out there 20podcast.com you can also subscribe to this show there however you listen to podcasts Apple Podcasts Stitcher Google Play we're on a bunch of them so you can always get a new episode when it, uh, when it comes out um, you can also check us out on Instagram at 20podcast as well as on Twitter at 20 podcast and you know we try to post photos we try to post images links and things like that to the show um bob anything you want to say about yourself as we close out this nah nah yeah i thought i'd go nothing you want to promote <laughs> i thought i'd no, I nothing, promote anything today no nothing i will do you my promised usual, last okay wow. i'll do my usual of saying uh reach out to us let us know what christmas tracks christmas albums you like i know we weren't talking about any new christmas albums and and i can't speak to any but if you know of an artist probably kelly clarkson who has released a recent <laughs> christmas album let us know and if there are any, or any other... one of those fantastic costumes on the mass singer one of them must have yeah, a christmas album they must they must but uh yeah thanks thanks for listening happy holidays i look forward to our next christmas episode uh coming up yes happy holidays or if you're uh into the show the day it arrives enjoy that thanksgiving dinner and i hope your talks of politics are not awful um because of thanksgiving because today is actually thanksgiving when this goes up we did a whole Christmas episode, whined a little bit about the earliness of Christmas and things being out of season, and here we go. We did it. We I, did it. We I did have it a feeling ourselves. our regular listeners probably are going to be a little busy the day this releases, and so they'll be listening to it the day after Christmas, which is now the official Christmas season. So I, I think we're good. So you're going to listen to it on Friday, and I'll listen to it today. I'll probably listen to it like Christmas Eve. Well, it'll be timely then more so than now uh, but yeah uh, Merry Christmas to everybody <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas okay hold on so what I'm going to be checking out is this Harry Connick Jr. video you suggested, When My Heart Finds Christmas. And listeners at home, if you want to sync up our real-time viewing of uh, When My Heart Finds Christmas, it is available on a perfectly legal-to-view app called YouTube. And uh, I am about to hit play. There I go. Because I'm kind of, yeah. He just, said he was walking into a studio. Yeah, right there. I think he's walk. I think he's walking to the video that they're about to make. No, but but it's clearly a studio. But now they've got elf? this fake house. 
Are they excited because he's bringing gifts or because it's, ooh, it's that guy who makes mommy wet? <laughs> like, do they are, they, are we supposed to know that they know who Harry Connick is? These, I think these they These Lord do. of the Flies situation children. But did you notice they slammed the door in his face? They couldn't believe it was him. And then I think he probably said, hey, uh, go fuck that dog. I got to sing to the audience. Now you see how he's he like really looking right sincere. at Yeah, I didn't like that. And now look, now he's, he's starting staring to right at me. Wow, we're a couple seconds off because oh. I've, I've got a kid picking its nose. <laughs> And a Harry Connick Jr. who, yeah, I don't like this. You know what's weird, too, is he's filling the screen to a life-size angle. I think he's expecting, like, well, you know, people are going to want to pretend that they can lick my lips. So let's, <laughs> let's pull them a little tighter so they can lean in. Yeah, he's banging on that door to be let in. These kids are in their bathrobes or pirate costumes. And they're so excited. And there's no snow. He's standing in the middle of the Promise of a New Day Paula Abdul video, it looks like. <laughs> His he head very is young. so big in the screen that you can't. Yeah, I don't even like see, that. You can't see his chin, and you can't see his hair. It's no. just really his face. That girl his does look depressed. Striking blue eyes. But yeah, she's down. Fine. Are they supposed to be elves? They're because they're they're tearing. Oh, he's wearing the same sweater he's wearing on the album. They're cover. probably supposed to be orphans. Orphaned elves. I don't like that he does look at us. I don't like how close he's like. I don't like. It. You know what? He doesn't film well from the top either. <laughs> He films, I mean, he's very attractive. I, I can't say that he's not. See, I think he's got that ugly attractiveness to him. I disagree. I think he's very attractive. He's okay. carrying these kids like a sack of bread. <laughs> like he just bought a loaf of home pride bread or a bag of rice. And he's They're ignoring the, that girl. She's clearly sad. And she's just like, whatever. I'm going to yeah, carry this I'm kid. I'm sorry. I don't think we're synced up here. I think they're opening a chair. He gave them a chair for Christmas. And he's using the chair. So he gave himself a chair this for Christmas. Now they get to sit on his lap, Tim. Well, that girl doesn't. She's holding that bear like it's choking. But I have the volume down, too, just because I didn't want any rights issues. <laughs> but there's no kid quite. It looked like they were singing along. Yep, get out of my chair is what I think he just said. <laughs> that's that's there's a lot of juggling of children. I, this is annoying. This is an annoying trope. And when, when people want, like, don't forget that. I just want to show them how good I am with kids. Yeah, I can just play around. You know, just bring any kids in. I'm going to be all natural with them. I'm going to be, like, straightforward. Kids love me. They really relate to 40s <laughs> big band. But that, <laughs> if, if there's one thing an eight-year-old in 1993, oh, and a snuggle. Oh, good. An eight-year-old in 1993 needed, it was uh, the talk uh, with a guy who... Uh, <laughs> Who has an upright bass in his band? <laughs> but is that he, the snow globe from St. Elsewhere? I think that's no, yeah, probably. But it's like the what Tommy Wiseau or whatever. What's the point that of this though? Like he's We're supposed to think he's good with kids. I guess. Look at that I don't smile. Like Creepy smile. He doesn't oh, leave at the end. I snow. thought he was gonna leave. Yeah, I thought he was gonna Wow, that was it. <laughs> I thought he would have at least left the house by the end of that. That was that was not good. Like, was he the spirit of Christmas? Is that why the kids were excited? Or were those kids spirits and he had killed them previously and buried them in that shack? Could be. And we never did see the sad girl become happy again. He forced her to sit on the chair and forced her to open the present. We don't know that she liked any of it. I mean, that's the most believable part of the video. She's not going to be happy again. She was forced into the holidays the harry connick holidays she probably you know what i bet he she was the one who got a gift from him i bet he gave her his album the christmas album said why don't you go play this you're gonna love it why don't you take off your salt and pepper albums and put in harry pepper that's me i'm hot stuff put me in your cd player give me a spin give give the give the boys a spin huh one two three right hey you guys you guys remember christmas music yeah what am I, Bruce Springsteen? But badly, I just, uh, oh my god, that Darn. made that just brought back everything. How awful that album was! Thanks oh, for nothing. Thanks for welcome. nothing, Harry Connick Jr. 